Boxers fans, it's Joe here. Just want to put in a small disclaimer before the actual podcast starts that the audio is a little weird. Sounds like I'm underwater because for some reason, the way I normally export the recording, the audio file, decided not to work tonight. So hopefully that's not a problem going forward, but just giving you a heads up ahead of time. edition of trust the podcast i am your host joe toom and thank you guys so much for listening today this has been a weird week past week for the sixers but tonight they got the job done this, I'm recording this on wednesday they just defeated the cavaliers 118 114 the second time they've beat them in the past month uh since my previous podcast after that absolutely terrible loss to the nets last thursday the sixers have also had two other games uh, on Sunday night, they defeated the Orlando Magic, one of the worst teams in the league. They're 18-51 and 51 on the season. We did manage to win, but it was an overtime only by two, 116-114. And then we unfortunately lost a close game against a really another good team, the Denver Nuggets, on Monday. We lost 114-110, but we were able to get the job done tonight. Sixers win 118-114. I'm doing this podcast alone today, but that's okay. I'm going to make it work. So... Jumping right into the most recent game, tonight's game against the Cavs. I have to say, I thought we were going to lose this game. I got to be honest, because over the past, I'd say, four or five games, there's been a really lack of urgency from the Sixers, at at least at certain times. And this was certainly shown again today. You know, we jumped out to a really solid halftime lead, but the Cavs came back with a vengeance in the third quarter, outscored the Sixers 31-13, but we were, we were able to get our act together. Sixers outscored Cleveland 33-24 in the final quarter of the game to earn the win. And this is a really big win for us. You know, the the Cavs are starting to fall out of that playoff picture. They've been dealt a lot of injuries. Jared Allen, who is easily their best uh, low, best big man defender, probably best defender on the entire team he at center, he was out tonight. So I guess Evan Mobley, man down the middle for the Cavs tonight, but he certainly was not able to contain Joel Embiid, who had 35 points, 17 rebounds, and 5 assists on his birthday. Happy birthday to the legend of the process himself, Joel Embiid, MVP'd. He's still proven. I, I don't know why the MVP mar- narrative has shifted to Embiid. We can get into that. I'll get into that in a moment when I talk about that Nuggets game from the other day. But certainly tonight, Embiid played like the MVP with that total Mobley's one of the better defenders, really, in the NBA already, but he's not used to playing the five and not used to guarding guarding someone with the talents of Embiid. So I thought Joel really stood out. He had 10 free throws again, made eight of them. He's amazing again in the line, as is James Harden, who, you know, I will say, really wasn't having that great of a game, it seemed, for the first three quarters, but he finished with really solid stats, 21 points, 11 assists. He was plus 18 from, not from the field, plus 18 in the game. Uh, he he made 10 free throws, 12 attempts. I will say he didn't shoot great from three. He's only one of six. Five of 12 from the field. We can take that. Five of 12 is not too bad overall shooting, but I would like to see him make some more of those three points. He played 42 minutes. Doc Rivers went with a really an eight-man rotation. Ten players played, but Isaiah Joe and Shake Milton only had seven minutes combined between each other. So really, we went with an eight-man rotation of normal starters. Danny Green, who's back from his lacerated finger, he made 40% of his shots, 40% of his threes. All of his shots were from beyond the arc. George Yang played 19 minutes. He had a he had a rough game. I'm going to get into his recent performances in a moment here. And DeAndre Jordan, uh, I'm very begrudging of his status as our full-time backup center, but I will give him slight credit here. He had five rebounds, 13 minutes, plus two. 
Nothing nothing too detrimental tonight. I did think he played pretty poorly last game. Looking at the Cleveland side of things, Darius Garland, he's been I think he's the clear favorite at this point in the season for the most improved player award. He had a kinda hard mess game. He had a rough shooting game, but he was able to make the free throws. He's eleven of twelve. He wound up with twenty two points, but it wasn't enough to help Cleveland get the win. They brought Karis LeVert off the bench. He had a nice game. Surprised he wasn't starting over someone like Lamar Stevens, Penn State's own. Uh, he got the start at eight points, so that was nice to see. But like I said, no Jared Allen made things even harder for Cleveland, and they already lost to us last time out. I believe Allen didn't play. No, that was Allen's last game before he uh, got hurt. So they lost with Allen, and then they lost once again without him. So looking at the game for the Sixers, I think one person who really stood out, and he stood out really all of the past week, going back to that Brooklyn game, is Tobias Harris. And I have to say he looks like a guy who's found his confidence again. He was a team-high plus 21 against the Cavs, and he finished with 19 points and 6 rebounds, uh, 3 of 6 from 3. Fifth, I don't know how many times Tobias Harris has shot 6 three-pointers in a game this year, but I would wager it's not many. So that's really encouraging to see. He played 39 minutes, like I said. Doc had the rotation pretty thin tonight. I don't know how to feel about that. Playoff time is almost here, and I'm certainly hoping that Doc doesn't go with these full bench lineups in the playoffs as he has as he did last year and other past years. I like that he's going with an eight-man rotation, so I guess I should take what I can get. But early, but still in the regular season, uh, about a month before the playoffs, I don't know if I'm okay with an eight-man rotation. But nonetheless, I would probably get Shake Milton and or Isaiah Joe a few more minutes. But that's just nitpicking. I will I. Even though I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan, I gotta get, I can't uh I can't attack him all the time for no reason. So, but getting back to the bias here, uh, I really think he's been getting his act together uh, against Denver. He also had another solid game. You know, he didn't he only had ten points, seven, but he had seven rebounds. He's positive plus minus, uh, but he was efficient in that game. That's the important part. He's four and nine from the field, two of four from three. The issue with Tobias, he's allowed to have, with with these three other guys, we got Maxi Harden and Embiid ahead of Tobias. It's okay if he doesn't have 18 points every night. The key with him is that he's making his shots count and not dribbling around for 20 seconds or forcing a quick three that he really shouldn't be shooting. Um, or a quick mid-range jumper is actually the more common thing with him. So it's it's been nice to see him find his flow. Let me check his Orlando stats as well. He was very good in that game. As well, he had 26 points, 9 rebounds. So he's been rebounding the ball very well lately. He was, once again, really solid from 3, 3 of 5 in that game. He played 44 minutes in that overtime win over the Magic. I really hope this Tobias Harris is here to stay. You know, he had a really he was one of the few players on the Sixers who played well in that Nets game. And uh, me and Cole were talking about it uh, on that podcast. We were thinking maybe it was just all the other guys weren't making their shots, so he got some easy stats. But clearly, in the last three games, he's proven that not to be the case. He is starting to really play well again. Certainly not earning that $36 million, but we have to move past that. I know it's an easy, it's low-hanging fruit, but Tobias, right now, the, the way he's played in the last four games, that's what we need from Tobias Harris, and I hope he carries that into the playoffs. Now, moving over to Monday's game against the Nuggets, uh, this was a really good game, I would say. Uh, the Sixers, you know, it, it was back and forth in the second half. The Sixers did jump out to a really significant first quarter advantage. They were up 37-22 early, but as as the Sixers tend to do, really, this is not a current version of the Sixers. This is a Sixers in general thing. This goes back to our first season in the playoffs, that J.J. Redick, Robert Covington team. This is something that's plagued the Sixers for ages, and that's they, they, they let up their big leads, and that's what happened here. Um, 
But the second half it turned into a really competitive game. It came down to the final minutes, and James Harden had a few uh, untimely turnovers, and then George Niang, he got the opportunity to make the game winner, as we know, in the final seconds. Kind of rushed the shot there, hit off the side of the backboard, and then he had, a, I think, a, as they said in the postgame, a bit of a brain fart moment. He just uh, tried to score the two-pointer when we needed a three to tie the game or else it was going to be over. Nuggets made a free throw, and they won by four. I wasn't disappointed with this loss. Like, Nuggets are a solid team, not better than us for sure, but, you know, coming off an overtime game the game before, uh, I really thought the team played well. We have to highlight Matisse Thibel's absolute defensive masterclass in this game. In his 26, he only played 26 minutes. He finished with six steals and two blocks. He was plus 16. He also had nine points. Now, I will say, I, I believe if I remember correctly, all nine of those points came in the first quarter. That's a little disappointing. But he certainly made up for it on the defensive end of the court, as he often does. Harden also had a really solid game here. Uh, he had 24 points and 11 assists, 9 rebounds, nearly a triple-double. Like I said, he had 4 turnovers, a couple untimely ones towards the end of the game. But once again, he got to the line, 12 free-throw attempts, made 11 of them. Uh, similar to tonight, 1 of 4 from 3. I need to see him make some of those 3-pointers more consistently. We know he can. I'm not criticizing his ability there. It's more just... Just do it. Just just prove what we already know about you. Make your threes. It's not going to throw a tantrum about it right now. Uh, but looking at the rest of the team, I got into Tobias. Embiid, of course, had a great game. And this is where I'm going to shift over into uh, a bit of a rant here about this MVP situation. So I've noticed that uh, a lot of people, including the odds makers, they have Jokic as the favorite for the MVP. But if you look at this game, yes, Jokic got the win. But it was in spite of the fact that he was outplayed by Joel Embiid in this game. Joel finished with 34 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. He had 2 blocks and a steal. He was 3 of 3 from 3. And just an overall commanding performance from Embiid. He kept us in the game the whole time. And when you look at Denver, when you look at Jokic's numbers, um, he didn't have a bad game. Of course not. He had 22 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. We know he's the greatest passing big of all time. Uh, we know he's about... I would say people might not admit this because Jokic has been a better outside shooter for a longer time, but I would say him and Embiid are about equal from three at this point. Jokic won a three from three in this game. We know he can do better than that. Embiid isn't going to go perfect in every game, but I would say they're about even. I'd say they're both 38 to 40% three-point shooters at this stage in their career. To me, what separates Embiid is that I think I just think defensively he's much better, and I think he's closed the gap. As a passer this season, it's up to almost five assists a game. Four and a half is probably more accurate, but I just have to – I just don't get it. And it feels like serious narrative pushing from the national media. They want a story to tell. I don't get why the story can't be Joel Embiid winning his first MVP. I don't know why that's not good enough for the national media. Jokic won the MVP last year, and yet people want to talk about he's underappreciated. He doesn't get the love. Well, a season ago – Everyone in the media picked Jokic as the MVP and the best center in the league. So how is it unfair that people are shifting to Embiid because he's played better this year? It doesn't make sense. Embiid in January and February was absolutely—he was a thirty-plus point per game scorer. He's in March probably close to around twenty-six, twenty-seven, but that's nothing to scoff at either. He's going to be top three in the league in points per game, and the Sixers. Whether Nuggets fans, NBA fans like it or not, they're going to go farther than the Nuggets in the playoffs. I'm sorry. It's just going to happen. Um, so I got nothing against Jokic. I've always liked him. The only reason I've kind of turned against him in the previous two years is because I don't think Embiid gets a fair 
he doesn't get the the love he deserves from non Philly fans, and it's kind of it's kind of annoying. But getting back to the actual game here, I'd be remiss to not mention the absolute great performance from the Nuggets rookie point guard off the bench, Bones Highland. He had 21 points. I'm not sure if that's a career high, but he he was killing the Sixers. He was a big part of the Nuggets comeback. 31 minutes off the bench. Um, he had that crazy half not half court shot, but shot from the logo that really helped the Nuggets go on a run to narrow the gap. Also got to say, DeMarcus Cousins, who I've been defending for two years, saying he's got something left in the tank. He looked great. He's been really productive since he became the Nuggets backup center a couple months back. Uh, so I was impressed with the Nuggets. I don't think they're a bad team. I just don't think they're going to get a good first-round matchup here. I could, I think they're going to play a team like Memphis or Utah. Don't think they're going to be able to win that matchup because besides Jokic, they don't have a ton of above-average talent on this team. Now, if Jamal Murray comes back and looks healthy, that changes things. But this is a Sixers podcast, so that's all I'm going to talk about Denver for now. Looking at this rest of this team, so George Niang, I was mentioning earlier. I got to get back to him here. He's he was being very he was playing very stellar off the bench as a three-point shooter, but his last two games have not gone well. You know, he took that game-winning shot and he missed that. And it would be a bit more forgivable if he wasn't 2-for-12 from the field on the game, minus 19 in his 25 minutes. That's atrocious. And we know George isn't a top-tier defender. You know, him and Thibel are pretty much polar opposites when it comes to uh, their play styles, but George has got to make more threes than that to make up for his defensive liabilities. DeAndre Jordan, once he was minus 5 in this game. He, got out, he totally got outplayed by DeMarcus Cousins. And it's simply because DeMarcus, you know, he shot... I think it was five three-pointers. Yes, five threes. He kept pulling DeAndre out of the paint. We know DeAndre can't hang hang there, and he's not the athlete he once was. So when he was on the Clippers, he, he got exploited maybe on against three-point shooting bigs, but there was less of them back then, and he was able to play his uh, Lob City style, just get rebounds and dunks, and it worked. But it doesn't work as well. It, it, it doesn't work as well anymore, and I just don't think he's the answer at backup center. And I hope it doesn't really hurt us in the playoffs like it did in that Toronto series back in 2019. But that's just a tidbit on DeAndre for now. Uh, looking at Niang, I, I got sidetracked there. I saw DeAndre's stats in that game, and I couldn't help but comment on them. But uh, Niang tonight, he was 1 for 5 in his 19 minutes. He was minus 12. So that, that makes him minus 31 in the last two games. That's not a recipe for success. Now, Danny Green's comeback tonight helped make up for that uh, in terms of bench outside shooting. But I think Niang's struggles point out a unfortunate fact in this Sixers team. Niang's a good player. I like what he's done for us this year. But he's not going to be a consistent guy from game to game as a scorer. And it highlights the fact that our bench just isn't that good. It's going to be one of, I would guess, I, I haven't done proper research on this, but I would guess it's a bottom. it will be a bottom five bench of the 16 playoff teams. Uh, maybe that's a little harsh, but I think it's true. Um, now, Danny and George, they can make their threes for sure. Shake Milton, when he gets the time, occasionally can become a good microwave scorer, but uh, I think I've made my feelings on him as well clear in the past. I don't trust him uh, most of the time. So the bench is going to be an issue come playoff time, and I hope we're able. I hope our starters are able to overcome that. Uh, just going back to that Magic game, the final game of the past week that uh, since my previous podcast, this was a bit discouraging, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. You would like to put them away pretty easily, but everybody has their nights. I mean, Embiid and Harden were terrible in this game. They made their free throws, though. They get to the line, that, and that makes up for it for sure. Joel and Harden combined to make 28 free throws in this game, but Joel, 9-28 from the field, 
That's that's terrible. Like that that's below thirty three percent. Harden five for nineteen, three of eleven from three. Once again, three pointers for Harden. Come on, man. You're you're able to make them. You just gotta gotta do it. <laughs> it's, we know we know Harden's one of the best. I mean, he's third all time in three pointers made. We know that. So I'm sure it will come for him. They'll start falling. But even Maxi four of ten in this game. Um, to be honest, we but Maxi had the the game winning free throws towards the end. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how we really won this game. Um, all right, I, I, I did forget about this. I should, I, I should mention George Yang in this game was very good. He had 16 points, six of 10 from the field, four of eight from three. So that was a terrific game against a bad team. But like I said, the rest of the team didn't play too well. So you got to give George's credit there, but he didn't play good in the Nets game. I know that for a fact. So I'm not saying, I'm not complaining about George specifically. I'm just kind of highlighting the fact that he's our best bench player and he's not exactly consistent. And I'm just... I'm just trying to voice my concern with the bench. I love, I like George Yang a lot. I love the competitive fire he brings. I liked how he's going at Ben Simmons when he he didn't play with Ben Simmons. So I, I he's he's definitely a Philly athlete. I like having him on the team, but I also have to comment on his deficiencies as well. Um, and as for the magic in this game, nothing really to take away. I mean, Cole Anthony had 19 points, but he shot only 25% from the field. Their bench played really well. I mean, Fultz. Uh, Chuma Okiki had 13 points. No Wagner was stretching DeAndre Jordan out just like DeMarcus Cousins. He shot four three-pointers. I'm sure that was easy money for him. Uh, he played 14 minutes. DeAndre 12, so I'm sure they matched up plenty during that game. Um, but overall, in these past three games, I think it just... The Sixers need to learn how to punch back when they get punched in the mouth. I think they did it tonight. I'll give them credit. They did it tonight for sure. Allowing a 31-13 run in the third, but coming back to win by four is impressive, and that's what we want to see from them. But, you know, I just hope that we've got a really tough schedule coming up. I, st- I hope they start performing like this against some really tough teams because, as I mentioned, Cleveland's a playoff team, but they aren't as good as they were earlier in the season. Here's our, here's our schedule, our next eight games. Dallas Mavericks were home on Friday. Uh, Raptors were home on Sunday and home for the Heat next Monday. A Heat rematch that we need uh, big time after they destroyed us last time out, if I'm not mistaken, in the result of that game. Yeah, that was a that was a rough loss for us. Uh, then we're away in L.A. We got a West Coast road trip. We're playing the Lakers. Very excited for a Lakers game. Uh, they're a disaster, so we should be able to win that. I don't care how. If, I don't care if Harden goes 1 for 10 from 3 in that game. We should win. Then we got the Frisky Clippers uh, next Friday. Um, so that should be an interesting game. Now we got the Suns, best team in the league by far, in my opinion, as of right now. Uh, that should be a really interesting game to see if we can stack up with them. If we, if we fight or even win that game, I think that's a great sign for the rest of the season. Then we got the Bucks, um, home, uh, March 29th. And then we end the month of March in Detroit. That's a pretty bad team, but just like the Magic, if we're not, we don't come ready, they can give us some trouble. So, Looking ahead, uh, I think we can definitely win a number of these games. Besides the Suns and Bucks and Heat, I think these are all 100% winnable if we come uh, fully equipped and fully ready to play. Those other three games are going to be hard, but you know we have the potential to win those games. We just it just has to gel. So I really hope the Sixers uh, start piecing together some really a win streak here. I I don't want them to drop out of home court advantage. I don't want them to, even as the four seed. I want them to be a top three seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. I don't care about avoiding the Nets, so I would try to get two or one. I, I mean, I think having home court advantage most of the playoffs or all of the playoffs is important. And I know the Nets scared us in that game, but I think we gotta 
we got we just got to bring the fight. Like we can't be scared. If we're scared of the eight seed, that's a problem. So I think the Sixers should be trying to win as many games as they can down the stretch. Maybe arrest guys final week or two of the season. Th- at that point, I'm okay with it. But right now, it should be guns, guns blazing, balls to the wall. So I think this is going to be a tough, a tough stretch. But we have a lot to prove. So I'm hoping they really prove themselves in the coming in the coming week. So thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. Um, I'll be sure to keep these up as the season progresses, as they keep, as the Sixers keep playing these important games down the stretch as we head into the NBA playoffs. So thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day.